Good morning, and welcome to the radio broadcasts of the Brinesburg Missionary Baptist Church. Bye. 
than the brightest star, sweeter than the songs they sing in heaven. Let the world proclaim what a lovely Shall behold his face with him into heaven city ever to acclaim what a lovely name. Reaching higher far than the brightest star, sweeter than the songs they sing in heaven. Let the world proclaim what a lovely name. What a lovely name, the name of Jesus, reaching higher far than the brightest star, sweeter than the songs they sing in heaven. Let the world proclaim. Evermore the same. What a lovely name. Lovely name. My soul in sad exile was out on life's sea so burdened with sin and distress till i heard a sweet voice say make me your choice then i entered the haven of rest i anchored my soul in the haven of rest i'll sail the wide seas no more the tempest may sweep o'er the wild stormy deep in jesus I'm safe evermore. I am. 
to his tender embrace and faith taking hold of the My fetters fell off, and I anchored my soul. The haven of rest is my Lord. I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail. The wide seas no more. The tempest may sweep or the wild stormy deep. In Jesus, I'm safe evermore. In Jesus. resurrection story in four verses so we uh, hope that this touches your heart this morning let's lift this up to God in a special way it's called man of sorrows Thank you. 
that out with one you definitely know. Here's how great is our God.
Today you'll be listening to the message preached by our pastor, Brother Brad Walker, during our Sunday morning worship service. May God bless you as you listen to his message. Thank you, Debbie and Amy. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful time of worship through song we've had and looking forward to opening up God's Word. If you will, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16. As we look at open doors this morning, as we're turning there, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We are so very thankful for another opportunity to enter into this place and to worship together, to lift up our voices. And now as we study your word, I pray that you would stir our hearts to recognize the opportunities in ministry that you've given to us. Lord, how richly we have been blessed as a church. And Lord, uh, how richly blessed we've been to be able to reach out in the different ways that you've given us to be able to reach out with the resources that you've given to us. And so Lord, Help us to not waste any of these opportunities. Help us to be good stewards of all the opportunities you've given us, of all the resources you've given us, that, Lord, we might see the kingdom grow, the kingdom advance for your honor and glory. Lord, I know that I am a very weak vessel. Lord, I pray that you might hide me behind the cross, that only you would be seen and only you would be heard. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Alexander Graham Bell once said, that when one door closes, another opens, but we often look so long and regretfully upon the closed door that do we not see the one that had opened for us. And so when we think about that, what comes to mind when you think of the concept of an open door? What, what is the purpose of a door. Well, a door is a movable barrier used to open and close the entrance to a building or to a room or to a, a closet or to a vehicle. We know in general what a door is, but if you've ever been to any of the large cities uh, around the world and you've ever seen the cathedrals with the huge doors, when, when we think of doors, uh, we think of something that's no more than maybe eight feet tall, but we think about the, <coughs> these cathedrals. And they have these massive, what seems to be when they're closed, impenetrable doors. But yet when those doors are open, it would seem that there's nothing there at all. It's just wide open for anyone to enter in. That is the concept. That idea of, of this huge door either opening or closing is the, con is the context that Paul is writing about here. As he thinks about uh, th this ministry that has been given to him. Paul is... To be understood that he, he is finding a, a door that has been opened to him. And when this door is open to him, he is going to be willing to walk through it. And that's what we see throughout Paul's ministry. Even when it was difficult, when Paul saw an open door, he always entered in. At the same time, he had no desire to attempt to force a door open that God was clearly closing. We see that as well. There are places that he would love to have gone. He says that in his letters. But when he didn't see the door open, he didn't try to kick it open. He simply went through the doors that God opened. Several times he writes about God shutting the door, and he does not go where the Lord is not leading. But here in chapter 16, there are at least three open doors 
that I believe we need to look at and understand this morning. And so if you will, please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, let's begin there in verse 5. Now I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia, for I do pass through Macedonia. And it may be that I will abide, yea, and winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journey, whithersoever I go. For I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permitteth. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great door of effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. You may be seated. I want us to look at these three doors this morning. The first door I want us to look, in, to look at is the door of opportunity. Opportunity is something that we hear a lot about, isn't it? Anybody ever gotten an email or a phone call or a piece of, of snail mail or some other communication that says, I have the opportunity of a lifetime for you. Now, I get that several times a week about I have the opportunity of a lifetime to be able to extend the warranty on my vehicle. All I have to do is give them all my personal information and they're willing to do it today. Maybe you get an email and it's an opportunity of a lifetime for you to be able to have some new job. Opportunity of a lifetime to be able to do all these different things. Opportunities. We all love opportunities. Who of us doesn't enjoy knowing that there's a big opportunity out there in our work, in, in the things that we do? We want there to be opportunity, and all of us like that. But Paul knew that any door which God opened was a great door of opportunity. Consider his words, I want to come to you to see you, to spend time with you, and to even stay there and, and to be there during the winter months with you. But he says, God has other ideas. Paul says, I'd love to spend more time with you. I would love to come and be able to visit with you. But God has other ideas. He has opened this door to me, he says. And I have to walk through the door that he has opened. The Christian standard version of the Bible says, a wide door for effective ministry. The King James, of course, says, a great door and effectual is opened for me. That word, the words great and effectual, the Greek word for effectual is the word which we get our word energy, while the word for great is the word from which we get our prefix mega. And so what was so great about this open door of opportunity before Paul? After all, what he is talking about is ministry in Ephesus. What is so great, what is so mega, what is so powerful about this opportunity in front of Paul? Why would a Christian think that this evil town of Ephesus was such a great place for him to go and to do ministry in? It was a thriving, bustling city, but it was also a very decadent city. The temple of Diana was located there. And you'll remember that the worship of Diana was an evil thing in and of itself. There was prostitution. There was all kinds of sins attached to the worship of Diana. And yet that was going on there. Additionally, Ephesus re re reported um, to, to be a, a sanctuary for criminals. 
So people would come to that place in order to find sanctuary, even though they were guilty. For most, this was not the place to be, yet Paul understood the great opportunity before him. And it is in the darkest of night that the light shines the brightest, and Paul understood that. Someone once said that the pessimist sees the problem and the opportunist sees the opportunity. But the Bible says the opportunities, Christ will help you to overcome the problems. And that's what Paul understood. That when there's opportunity, it doesn't mean there's going to be an absence of problems. It means that Christ will help you overcome them. And from a purely humanistic view, Paul had no reason to remain in Ephesus. And yet Paul sensed that God was breaking the ground for a great work. And he, Paul, was to be part of it. And so Paul gave himself fully to that work. Even though he would have loved to have gone to another place, humanly speaking, he said, I'm going to stay here and going to do what God has given me the opportunity to do. Even if it's hard, even if it's inconvenient, even if it costs me a lot, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Brinesburg, God has given us an amazing opportunity. Over the coming weeks, God has given us the opportunity, I believe, to reach more people than we've seen reached in years, if not decades. If we will use the opportunity that he has given to us. And yet the preparation is not going to be easy and it's not going to be quick and it's going to cost us something. If we're going to see God do something amazing in our midst. As we move forward through the next uh, six, about six weeks of preparing for our revival, I believe that God has given each and every one of us an open door of opportunity to be a part of a work that we can't explain. It can't be of us. It's going to be all about Him. But are we willing to put in the time? Are we willing to, to sacrifice some things in order to see that take place? In order to say, God, you know what? I'm going to make myself available to you so that you can use me in the way that you desire to use me. Are we willing to do that hard work of putting ourselves in a place where God can use us? How long has it been since you sensed God opening a door of opportunity in ministry like the one that he is opening right now? And are we willing to do it? Are we willing to step through that door and say, God, you know what? I'm going to pray. I'm going to invest the time. Lord, I'm going to invest in the individuals you've called me to, to invest in. I'm going to have the hard conversations. And I'm going to look for the opportunities. Last week, the vision was laid out for us of possible ways that we can reach out and touch this community with the gospel in, in a way that we have not really ever done before. And, it, and it's a new it's a new idea, a new way for us to be together, uh, praying together, ministering together, and to be able to see what our, what our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ are doing alongside us. But first, we have some personal business to do in the area of motivation. Are we willing to do what God has called us to do? Are we willing to do something different? Are we willing to invest the time? You see, our motivation should, should be that we want to see souls saved, and we don't care how much time and energy it takes, we're willing to invest it. And this isn't about building a larger membership of Brinesburg Baptist Church. That may be the result of what takes place as people get saved, but that's, that's, that's not the main goal here. The goal is to be motivated to bring people 
the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, to see them come to know Christ and then to disciple them so they can become disciple makers themselves. Whether that be here at Brinesburg, plugged in, or whether it be at another sister church, we want to see people saved and we want to see them involved in kingdom ministry. And if we're doing that, then we're doing what God has called us to do. Our calling is not to make members, it's to make disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we're doing that, God will bless, I promise you. If you're being obedient, God will bless. But are you willing to put in the time? Let's do a motivation check. I don't want you to respond because I don't want you or me to be embarrassed here. But just ask yourself this question. If you had an open door of opportunity, and if you knew that walking through that door, regardless of how much energy, regardless of how much sacrifice it was going to take, you knew that door of opportunity, if you walk through it, that there was a million dollars on the other side. A million dollars promised to you if you would just walk through that door. How many of you would walk through that door? Again, no, no show of hands. Another question. If there was just a remote chance even that you could walk through that door and there was going to be a million dollars if you just went through that open door, how many of us would walk through it? But then the question comes, what if you knew that there was the opportunity to walk through that door and God said you know what on the other side there's 10 souls that can be saved there's 10 souls that can move from being my enemy to being destined for hell to being my child and destined for heaven how many of us would put in the time and the effort and the sacrifice that it took to walk through that door and see 10 souls saved for the glory of God how many of us would be willing to do that how many of us would say, yes, I'm willing to, to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to, to sacrifice. I'm willing to, to change some things in my life, even if it impacts my schedule, even if it impacts my money, even if it impacts my hobbies and my free time. I'm willing to do what it's going to take to see those souls saved. That is what, that's the very question in front of us right now. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to make the sacrifices? We see here that Paul just finished Chapter 16, verse 1, talking about handling money. And now we see him talking about handling life and handling time. In a letter just a few years later, Paul would say to the Ephesians, make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand that the will of the Lord is. And what is that will? What is his will? That we discover his personal door of opportunity and walk through it. That we see when God opens up a door and that we not be foolish, that we not be stubborn, that when the door is open, that we walk, that we walk right through it. Brinesburg, we have a great door open to us right now. The second door, though, that I see is a door of obligation. As you read Paul's words, I sense that he really wants to come to, to Corinth to reconnect with these people that he loves, to, to renew these friendships. And yet Paul always carefully considers what Christ has done for him. And as we read in Romans, Paul felt that obligation. In Romans 1.14, he says, I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. An open door. This is not a choice for Paul. This is an obedience versus disobedience issue. An obligation is something that we owe, a debt that 
is not yet satisfied alone with outstanding balance. And that's what Paul felt here. Paul felt this obligation to do what no one else could do or at least what no one else was willing to do. Paul said, I'll do it and I'm going to go. I'm going to follow God's calling and do what he's called me to do. Obligation is one of the serious issues surrounding, I believe, the Baptist church today. We don't sense that obligation as much as we sometimes should, I believe. When new individuals or families join here at Brinesburg, I make a public statement that we're coveting together. And I make that statement for a reason. See, we are obligated to disciple them and to plug them into ministry and missions opportunities to help them to grow in Christ. But they are obligated to faithfully serve and to give and to strive to grow in this ministry. We are coveting together. There's an obligation. We're obligated to one another now. Have you noticed that we tend to obligate ourselves to temporal things and release ourselves from eternal things? Most every single one of us in here this morning, I would say probably 100% of the the adults in here this morning, have at one time or another signed our name to hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, saying, I'm going to pay that off in order to have this piece of property or this home. We've signed our name to say, you know what, I'll go into tens of thousands of dollars of debt to have that truck or to have that car or to have that boat. But how many of us are willing to say, you know what, I'm going to say right here, I'm going to put my name on it, that I'm willing to pray for 10 people. I'm willing to say, you know what, I'm going to fast and and I'm going to ask the Lord to to do a work in me, to give me the opportunity to share with 10 people over the next 10 weeks. We say, well, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to put my name on that. I'm not going to sign up for that. I'm not going to be obedient in that way. And yet we're willing to sign our name. To, to tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt on temporal things, things that will be gone and in, 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 in fleeting away in light of eternity. And yet those things which are eternal and lasting, we say, well, no, I don't know if I have a time to do that. Things at work are pretty busy right now. I don't know if I have time to put that much time into prayer. I don't know if I have that much time to put into study of God's Word. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do all of that, and so I'm just not going to sign my name to it. Well, the real issue is, is where are our priorities at? It very well may be that many of us will miss heaven and enter into hell because our propensity to ignore and deny the obligations we have to the Lord. You say you may have walked an aisle and you may have prayed a prayer and you may have gotten baptized, but if you didn't give your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not saved. And for many of us, we've gone through the motions, but he is not Lord of one ounce of our life because we're not willing to give anything up for him. We're not willing to make any sacrifices for him. Not if it's going to mean giving up comfort. Not if it's going to mean giving up time. Not if it's going to mean giving up some of our resources. He is not Lord of one ounce of our life, and that means he's not Savior either. And some of us need to be very careful and say, you know what? What did I really do when I made that decision? If we're not willing to put it all on the line and say, God, use me. Use me as your instrument. I want that opportunity because I recognize the obligation. The door Christ opens is the door of both opportunity and obligation. But there is one more door, and it's a door that we need to be wary of, and it's the door of opposition. Notice that last phrase of our text. It tells us that Paul was not working without problems. He said, this is a great, big, wide, open door, but many oppose me. 
Never forget that where there is great opportunity, there will also be great opposition. As we talked about last week, the devil doesn't care how much time you spend just doing religious things. It's when you start sharing the gospel. It's when you start impacting people's lives who are lost and telling them about Jesus. There's going to be great opposition when that stuff starts happening. Do you know what truly saddens me is the truth that there are many people inside the church. In Paul's day, his opposition came largely from from outside the church. But in our day, today, the sad truth is, is that many of, of us experience the greatest opposition from people inside the church telling us, well, you know, don't be, don't be so fanatical. Don't, 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 get so, don't get so involved in all of that stuff. You know, that's just, you know, it, it'll come and it'll go. We, we talk about it every once in a while, but preacher will get over it. Many times the opposition comes from inside the church. The sad truth is the more that we attempt to focus on Jesus Christ and the principles of Scripture, the more internal opposition will step up. I've ministered in churches that were growing and needed to take next steps in ministry. However, there were those in positions of leadership that didn't want to grow because it might impact their say in the church or their power in the church. And we needed to build and we needed to do other things to expand the ministry, but they were against it because they didn't want new people in the church because every time somebody new comes in, it means there's a different dynamic in the church. And they didn't want to see that. As God blesses, there will be people, even from within, who will try to drag you away from the open door. It's just like it was in the day of Nehemiah when Sambalt said, come down off the wall and let's talk about this. The modern day problem in the church is this. We expect Nehemiah to come down off the wall where he's doing effective ministry and let's talk about it a little while because I'm not so comfortable with all the changes that are taking place. But notice what Nehemiah said there in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 3. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? Well, I leave it and come down to you. The spiritual approach to the Lord's work is to stay focused on the prize, the open door of opportunity. Did you know that someone will always be there naysaying? Someone will always be there saying, stop, stop changing no matter what good it's doing stop because i don't like change someone will always be there saying don't don't believe that you can make a difference because it makes me uncomfortable somebody will always be there saying quit quit trying to find new ways to reach new people someone will always be there say continue continue doing what we've always done the way we've always done it because i'm comfortable with that you see satan's words are simple and they're easy to recognize be comfortable He says, be satisfied. Don't upset your convenience. Keep doing what you've always done in the way that you've always done it. And don't worry about others. You're okay. You're okay where you're at. Don't worry about other people. There's an old commercial which showed the two angels, the the little red angel on the on the left shoulder who was evil, a little white angel on the right shoulder who was good. And, and I don't mean to be trite this morning, but I can suggest that God is on one shoulder with a great door of opportunity for you this morning and even obligation while the enemy is on the other shoulder with a door of opposition telling you all the reasons that you shouldn't get involved. The question is, who will you listen to? Who will win the battle? Because the one you listen to, the one who wins that battle, the winner is the one who wins your life. And who you will follow. So God has opened a door for you this morning. 
You can either be obedient and you can walk through it, or you can do like most of us do every single Sunday. And we can sit and we can, and, and we can listen and we can stand up and sing and we can leave. Nothing changed. Or we can say, you know what, I'm going to stay committed. I'm going to continue to walk through that door of opportunity the Lord's given to me because I recognize God's getting ready to do something big and I want to be a part of it. But maybe this morning you recognize you're lost. Well, praise the Lord, there's a great door of opportunity for you this morning as well. Because God is speaking to your heart. And if he's speaking to your heart, that means you can be saved. And if he's speaking to your heart about the sin in your life, then all you have to do is confess that sin and surrender to him. Call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. You see, he died on the cross for your sins and he rose again for your justification. And if you will come to him this morning by faith, he will save you. Will you come? Will you come? Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the great door of opportunity that you have opened before us. Lord, and we have so much to thank you for. We have such an obligation to you, Lord, because you loved us so much that you left the splendor of heaven to die for our sins. And you rose again, Lord. We, we have an obligation to serve you with our whole heart and with all of our life. Lord, if there's even one this morning who doesn't know you, I pray they'd come and be saved today. But if any of us need to make some decisions today, if any of us need to say, God, I just need to commit I need to stop sitting on the fence and I just need to commit and be a part of what you're calling me to do. I want to join in what, what you're doing right now at Brinesburg. Help us to come. Help us to make those commitments. Some of us need to join this church and we need to stop, we need to stop waffling on that decision and just say, you know what, I'm going to plug in here. Lord, if there's folks that need to make that decision today, I pray they'd come. Whatever the decisions are, whatever time we need to spend at this altar, Lord, help us to walk through that door of opportunity for you. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand and as we sing, will you come? Thank you for listening to our broadcast today from Bryansburg Missionary Baptist Church. If you need spiritual help with your relationship with the Lord, please call 270-527-3757. Also, we would like to invite you to attend our services. On Sunday morning, Sunday school begins at 10 a.m. and our worship service is at 11 a.m. On Sunday evening, discipleship training begins at 5 p.m. with our worship service at 6 p.m. You may also view our Sunday worship services live on Mediacom Inspiration Channel 93. On Wednesday night, our worship service begins at 7 p.m. Once again, thanks for listening, and may God bless you and your family.